Hello, everybody. Hey, we did it. Bird, James, you there? We're here. We're here. So I think uh, first I'm going to quickly start and introduce us. Um, so I'm Joe Harmon. Brian Mounts and James Langdon are on the podcast with with me. Um, the three of us make up CBB DFS, as we're affectionately known on Twitter, at CBB underscore DFS. Last year, we started uh, a little Twitter feed giving out daily fantasy sports advice for college basketball. Um, we did it because we were going to be sharing this information amongst ourselves anyways. So um, before we get in, so today's podcast, we want to stay on track and we want to, we want to be concise and we don't want to waste anyone's time. So today we're going to really just kind of talk about some of the key returning players. We're going to talk about some of the, some of the player movement, some of the transfers that took have taken place over the summer. And if we have time, we'll get into some coaching changes. Um, but before we get into all of that, why don't we go around the horn real quick? Um, the three of us break ourselves down by major conferences and uh, bird will start with you. Tell us a little bit about why you like being a part of the CBB DFS thing and what conferences you're covering for us. Yeah, so I've got the Big 12, and I have the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 is the most glorious conference on earth, so <laughs> keep that in mind. It's up and coming. It gets a lot of grief, but but it's a fun conference. It's got a lot of studs this year, and they're going to bring a lot of DFS goodness for us. Well, it um, can't be as bad as it was last year, though. It wasn't bad. That's the crazy part. <laughs> it was kind of awesome. How many teams did they put in the dance? Two? Uh, Oregon won a game, right? They, yeah, they should have won, too. Arizona State won a play-in game. That, that's, that's an elite conference. And Washington, they, they were dancing, weren't they? They were. They were. See? They'll be dancing again. Uh, yeah, the the might... real winners were the people that were playing DFS on Thursday nights, so. though. Exactly <laughs> right. Midnight. Or Saturday night, Bill Walton, Pac-12 basketball. There's nothing better. Exactly. Um, and, and Joe, you asked, you know, what did we enjoy about last year? And I think, one, it was just, it was just fun to – Kind of get in a, with a with a community that loves college basketball as much as we do. Uh, sure. Interact with with the users. Interact with our bucketheads, and yeah. uh, it was so much fun. And we, we 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 can't wait for this year. Yeah, and you'll hear you'll hear us use that term bucketheads a lot. We were sitting around after our first weekend of doing this, and uh, we were kind of talking about what we would call our followers, the people who are following us. And bucketheads just came out really organically and naturally. So, you all listening to this, our are our bucketheads. So. Um, whether you like it or not, that's what you are. So, James, uh, what about you? I cover the 14 teams in the Big Ten and the 15 teams in the ACC. <laughs> um, so I stay pretty busy. Um, but uh, really enjoyed doing it last year. Uh, I had a great time, um, obviously, working with you guys, getting the experience, uh, doing the podcast with Ben, and look forward to doing our own and really dialing into uh, some of these players and teams and, um, you know, DraftKings slates. So, and then a little little nugget for James as we unroll a getting to know each other uh, or ourselves uh, to our listeners over the course of many, many pods, hopefully. Um, James, you actually grew up in Big Ten country and are currently living in ACC country, correct? That is correct. Yeah. So I'm, I'm starting to, I'm experiencing both um, both conferences up close and uh, it's, it was a really cool experience being here last year with UNC and Duke being really, really good. Um, and, uh, the excitement in the area and NC state for that matter, that were also pretty, pretty decent last year. So, um, so it's been fun. Uh, still my heart's with the big 10. Um, I'm a, uh, unabashed Illinois fan. So hoping for a big year this year. <laughs> and bird, you're a Jayhawk guy. I am rock chalk. Been that way forever. Danny Manning and the miracles. That's right. Never forget. <laughs> 
so I, and then I guess I'll wrap myself up. I, I do the SEC and the Big East, um, and that was just a joy. SEC was phenomenal last year, and the Big East was a lot of DFS fun. Um, this year, I think those roles will reverse. I'm really excited for the Big East this year. Um, I actually don't have a college basketball team. Um, I love being the Fairweather fan each year. Um, obviously, I root for Illinois and Kansas due to friendship biases, but uh, you know, I can chase the players, and you'll just find me fall in love with different squads. And I've already got a couple this year that I'm smitten with. So that's why you're haul in this year. That's why we're haul <laughs> in. Haul in. <laughs> and and that that's kind of a good segue, Bird, because the first thing I want to talk about is some of the key returning players in each of our conference uh, conferences. And I'll start with Miles Powell and the Big East, because not just him coming back, who's a dynamite player who can outscore another team by himself and a half. You also have Marcus Howard coming back from Marquette. He averaged 25 a game last year and lost his number two and number three scorers on that team with when the Hauser brothers transferred out. So he's got to carry even a bigger burden. He he could be looking at a Carson Edwards type year as far as his price point from a daily fantasy perspective. Um, and then also in the Big East, you got your players like Alpha Diallo. You got so many good guys like um, Naj Marshall and uh, the Georgetown kids. It's just it's 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 endless. Not to mention St. John's and so on and so on. I could I could go on and on, but uh, you know there's no way I could possibly hit on everybody in one pod. But those are some of the names that stick out for me from the Big East from the start. Um, that Georgetown team is going to have a lot of fun players this year. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, and and I'll I'll talk about them quite a bit. We did a I did that uh, Vegas futures piece on the website, which is up for anybody to read at cbb-dfs.com. And that was one of the teams at the time of their writing it. They were three hundred to one to win it. And while I don't think Georgetown's going to win the strap, I think they're definitely a tournament team, and they have the talent to really play with anyone. We just don't know who Patrick Ewing is as. Ewing is as a coach. So yeah. um, we'll learn that this year um, because he's got a ton of talent. And let's just flip on over to, to Bird. You, you're a Kansas fan, so I'm sure you got a couple of Kansas names, but who are some of the big returnees um, in the Big 12? Yeah, you're right. Kansas had a kind of a busy offseason, right? So Dotson and Azabuki both tested the NBA waters and both decided to come back, thankfully, uh, for the Jayhawk Nation. Uh, Quentin Grimes is now at Houston. Charlie Moore is at DePaul. I know they're both trying to figure out if they're going to get waivers or not. Um, and then they also, you know, the big news, Silvio de Sosa is now eligible again, right? So yep. you can't keep this Kansas team <laughs> down. Amazing. Isn't it amazing? They got, a, they got a big front line now. They have a huge front line. Yeah, today. all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, Azabuki, de Sosa, uh, David McCormick, self-said, was the most improved player on the team this offseason. Wow. And you still have Mitch Lightfoot. So, yeah, I'm a big Lightfoot guy. That team's super deep. They're going to be really good. Uh, another team that's going to be super deep is Baylor. So Tristan Clark's back. You know, he averaged, what, 14 points, six rebounds before he got hurt yeah. last year. Um, Makai Mason's gone, but they bring Butler back. They bring Kegler back. Both those guys averaged double digits last year, um, bringing in a couple uh, really good transfers at guard as well. So that team's going to be really, really good. I think Baylor will be the second-best team in the Big 12 this year. Really? Uh, yeah, I do. I think they've got – They've got depth. They've got – and Scott Drew might be learning how to coach. <laughs> Just so, so their best player went down last year, right? Tristan Clark yeah. goes down. He gets hurt. And that team started playing pretty well. He changed mm. their style, started playing up-tempo. He That's made true. some pretty good adjustments. And you guys know I'm not a Scott Drew guy. <laughs> no. No, you're not. And then, uh, you know, you've got 
like TCU is going to be pretty bad this year, but from a DFS perspective, Desmond Bain's back, and he's going to have, what, 30 35% usage for that team. They have nobody else. Yeah. So he should be a lot of fun this year to watch. And then Kevin Samuel for TCU. Is, no- is Noy gone? Noy is gone. Uh, J.D. Miller gone. Uh, Jalen Fisher's gone. Kendrick Davis is Jaylen gone. Fisher, right. Yeah, so. A small school, I think, too. Um, yeah. Noy, though, he was one of my favorite DFS plays because he could, he could he could do some weird stuff for a reasonable price last year. Yeah, he was very good. But I would expect Bain to be super high priced, but he's going to have Marcus Howard type usage this year. James, what's the Big Ten looking like? Um, you know, I think the the big names really uh, Cassius Winston, of course, uh, is coming back um, to a Michigan State team that's completely stacked and will be, you know, number one overall to start the season more than likely. Um, they're and, good. But they're I, really good. They're really good, and the, the the crazy forgotten guy on that team, especially from a DFS standpoint, is Josh Langford, right? Who was injured oh, uh, yeah. most most of last season, but he was the, you know, the uh, I think the leading scorer, or second leading scorer on the team before he went down. It was about fifteen a game. Um, yeah, former McDonald's All American. Yeah, former McDonald's All American. He's a senior this year, veteran. So it, I, he could be a surprise guy, and, and depending on how they, uh, you know, DraftKings. Uh, what kind of salary he gets early on, you know, he might be a guy you plug in early on. So um, I think Lamar Stevens is another guy that uh, has put up some crazy numbers last year. Um, it wouldn't be a shock to see him in the thirties and forties on, on DraftKings. Uh, he's, he's that kind of explosive player can rebound, uh, can get shots up. And Stevens so he's like, he's like such a great like cash game option. He's so stable. Exactly. He is. Yeah, he really yeah. is. Yeah, I remember him not having – he never really broke a slate, but he never disappointed you, ever. Yeah, and he's he plays 91% of the minutes. I, I don't expect that number to go down. <laughs> so no. um, he has extreme usage. So uh, I think the – you know, as you mentioned um, kind of earlier, Joe, when we were talking a little bit before the podcast started about Ethan Happ and, you know, what – you know, can he be replaced? I think uh, Reavers is the guy that's going to step in and be the next Wisconsin, the next Wisconsin guy, the next Wisconsin guy, of course. And what uh, about what about uh, what's Purdue going to do without uh, without Carson? Uh, well, they've got some good guards. Um, I think you know they they've also got two really good big men in Harms um, and uh, Trav- Trayvon Williams, um, who. Yep was uh, a highly touted recruit, didn't play a whole lot last year, was a little inconsistent at times. He showed uh, some signs. He showed flashes. Of he flashed, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Foul, foul he trouble. Was the was last year, right? He, he, was, he was. Yeah. And, and then that uh, Eastern, is Eastern still there? Eastern's still there, yeah. So, And uh, they've got a, a pretty big transfer that they brought in that uh, we'll, we'll get to later. But uh, they'll still be a decent team. They'll be a very good team, actually, the Big Ten that's going to be kind of down next year. Another big one I want to mention, we've got uh, – uh, Anthony Cowan's back for Maryland. Um, they only yeah. lost Fernando last year, really. Um, and so expect Jalen Smith to kind of step into that role. Jalen Smith's not the yes. same player, um, but he's a very good player and probably a better pro prospect than Fernando was. So I, I expect him to to really have a nice year from a DFS perspective. Yeah, Jalen's going to smash some slates this year, right? I think I, so, yeah. Yeah, I never got him right last year. I, pl- I wanted to play him a lot, and you saw the raw potential there. It was like him and Sequitic Bay for Villanova. I never could hit those guys at the right time, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, hey, you mentioned kind of in the conversation there, James, that you thought the Big Ten as a whole would be down this year. Do you, yeah. was that Did I catch that correctly? 
Yeah, I think so. That's what a lot of people are projecting as well. It's not just me saying that, but um, I, you know, they lost, they lost some talent. You know, Michigan State obviously is really good. Maryland's going to be very good. Uh, once you get outside of those top two, it's, um, you know, some some of the teams that were good last year, teams like Iowa, are you know, not as uh, certain sure. this year. Indiana, I think Ohio State's going to be very good this year. They brought in a really nice recruiting class to go along with some, um, you know, veteran returning players. So, right. uh, but beyond that, you know, it's really tough to say. Uh, teams sure. like Illinois, teams like Rutgers, um, really surged at the end of last season uh, with young teams. So it'll be interesting to see if they can capitalize on some of that momentum and be right. uh, among the better teams next year. But it's, uh, you know, outside of the the, the top teams, it's just not a lot to, right. that we know about yet. Well, and I, I say that because the SEC is going to be down this year. I mean, last year it was a phenomenal – it was a top-heavy conference, but, you know, with LSU and Kentucky um, doing what they did, and Florida was very good. Um, this year I think the conference is going to be down. I think I saw a stat where they lost 15 of their top 20 scores in the league. Yeah. So when you talk about returning players, uh, as is the focus of this this section right here, um, Brienne Tyree from Ole Miss is the leading scorer that's returning to the SEC. Um, I do like the Florida team and as a whole. Um, Nebhart tested the draft waters and came back. And then obviously they had a pretty big transfer, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, and then really just to kind of put a bow on the SEC, because I don't feel like I need to spend a ton of time on it here from a returning talent perspective. Um, because it's really more new faces and new places. That's their storyline this year. But as far as players go, um, two I want to make sure I call out here are A.J. Lawson from South Carolina. Now, that might be a personal bias because he was awesome for me from a DFS standpoint consistently last year, a 6'6 point guard who did a lot of different things and filled up a lot of stats. He's one. And then look out for Reggie Perry this year at Mississippi State. Yes. That was he was dominant in the mm-hmm. U19 this summer, and he was really coming on at the end of last year. I think he's going to have a McDice type season for Mississippi State. That, like that. that might that might date us a little bit um, with our age, but uh, <laughs> you know that's uh, that's the kind of season I think you can you can see out of him. Um, so I, I'm going to just put kind of put a bow on the SEC there, and then flip back to Bird for the Pac-12. Yes, yeah, Pac-12's got a lot of of what will be high-priced players for, for DraftKings, for DFS. So Trey Tinkle's coming back. Uh, he'll be preseason player of the year for that conference. He has to be. Averaged 21 points, eight rebounds a game last year at Oregon State. He is a complete load. Um, so I would expect him to be, you know, that $10,000 type price point on DraftKings and, and be really fun to own. Yeah, uh, he was that last year at times, too. He was, yeah. And he's, yeah. he's only going to get better. Uh, Peyton Pritchard's back for Oregon. We'll talk a little bit more about Oregon when we hit on the transfers, but but Pritchard was a complete stud during the tournament, so he'll be interesting to watch this year. Uh, Colorado brings back 94% of their returning minutes from last year. And that's a good that's, thing. That's a good thing. Tyler Bay is back. He averaged almost a double-double. Uh, McKinley Bay. Wright is back. and he McKinley Wright had a shoulder injury uh, most, of the, most of the season last year. He's supposed to be 100%. That Colorado team is going to be really, really good. Racco, our boy, he's yeah, yeah. averaged 15 points, nine rebounds last year. And Andy Enfield brought in two five-star uh, power forwards yes, that are next to him. So they're going to be, well, they're just going to try to outscore people and, and 
probably just be middle of the road, but they'll be fun from a DFS perspective. <laughs> that's, that's what you want in DFS. I, I'm I'm kind of bummed my guy is Island Cheatham is no longer around though. That was uh, that was my crush at the end of last year. Yeah, Cheatham's gone, Dort's gone, but Remy Martin's back, so uh, mm. his usage should be pretty good too. He's okay. Yeah, yeah. Washington will be interesting. They were a, a kind of a cool team to watch last year, especially in that conference. They sort of stood out uh, among the pack, but. Uh, they lost some guys, but they also brought in some interesting guys. Oh yeah. So we're going to do that freshman podcast next and, and they will be kind of a, a major focus of that because they brought in two complete monsters with, with Isaiah Stewart and Jaden McDaniels and then uh quad a green transferred from Quade green, Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll be eligible in January. Uh, Nas Carter's back. I think that's Jay Z's nephew or cousin or something like that. Um, he's supposed to be able to fill it up. So they will be a really interesting team too. Um, and we'll also, we'll hit on Arizona a little bit when we get into the transfers, but, uh, there's four pretty decent teams in the PAC 12 this year. So I, I think that conference is on the rise. They're making noise in the recruiting already for next year. Yeah. So I think I, I'm pretty excited to be, be part of my PAC 12 bias. And I think it's <laughs> get in on the ground floor. And then finally, James, why don't you, why don't you, yeah. why don't you get, run us through the ACC and then we'll talk about some transfers. Yeah. And I, I think the ACC sort of highlights what's interesting about our podcast versus other maybe college basketball oriented podcasts, which is, uh, you know, when you talk about players that, you know, fans are generally interested in coming back, you know, Trey Jones would be on that list. Uh, Jordan War would be on that list. Uh, but when you talk to DFS people, you know, they get excited about somebody like John Mooney from Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who, who had complete monsters last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, a- almost an automatic double double. Yeah, for a, uh, what a four-win team exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that that team should be improved this year. Um, they started to kind of come on a little bit. Their young guards um, got some experience and uh, showed some flashes. So I, I think they'll be better. And uh, uh, but you know, Mooney is a guy that you you know when you need to grab an elite play, he's typically a pretty good guy to get. Um, I think beyond that, you know, the the ACC is filled with a lot of um, you know interesting, not maybe not elite level plays and some of these guys will probably step into that um you know that role this year but uh you know guys like elijah hughes uh were really really good yeah. last year on a syracuse team that basically lost a ton of people um and so he he's right. gonna be the guy and right. so you know he's he's somebody i might target i don't expect a monster price tag on him early on in the season we'll see um beyond that you know guys like uh uh chris likes from miami um, yeah we was, liked him we liked I him I, I had to i had i'm sorry <laughs> uh he was streaky uh but you know you get these these good players on these not so good teams i'll, I'll give you a couple other ones brandon childress at wake forest uh yep. completely dominates the ball they had uh, horde too right they had horde too yeah and i think it i think he's gone so i think it's just childress to show basically at this point so um <laughs> yeah and uh, Alvarado for Georgia Tech is back. Markel Johnson, NC State. So you get a lot of these guys that are going to be focal points uh, for their respective teams and that showed flashes last year. Uh, Trent Forrest uh, for Florida State, you know, they lost pretty much everybody. He was a guy that, that kind of showed up in the tournament, as you saw. So uh, sure. I think in terms of returning players, you know, they're guys that, um, you know, are, are super highly touted, elite, no-brainer plays other than, you know, Mooney. Maybe war on occasion, depending on matchups there. But uh, I think there'll be a lot of guys that emerge this year, and I think there'll be a lot of guys that are be, will be the focal points on their teams. Yeah, if, if Markell, if he could get a full allotment of minutes, 
he would be super dangerous from a DFS perspective. He showed a lot of a For lot sure. of upside. Uh, one guy I would do want to kind of call out here who is re- this is going to be a deep cut under the radar play, uh, but Landers Nolly, who didn't play last year, he had some eligibility issues, but he uh, was a fairly highly touted recruit, at least a top 100 recruit. Uh, but he's six seven. He put on a, a bunch of muscle. Weighs about 230 right now. The guy can shoot the lights out. He was one of the best shooters to come out of that class, and he can rebound. He'll be playing in a stretch four position. So uh, for a Virginia Tech team, that it's going to look different now, right? And so that could be a guy. Wouldn't be surprised if by by conference that's that's that team's best player. That's a nice deep cut. That is. I like that. And I, I think outside of the DFS landscape, which is kind of what we – what we focus on. I think the ACC is going to be a little bit fascinating to see how it unfolds because, you know, you have Virginia who just won the strap, but have lost just uh, everybody. You have Duke who is reloaded again. You have North Carolina who's got a bunch of interesting new pieces. You got Louisville who seems to be everyone's darling right now. uh, And that's another topic for another day. But uh, this is, this is, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that ACC unfolds. Yeah, and it really, it's, it'd be similar to what it was last year, a little bit without the mega, you know, the mega superstar, you know, generational players that, that Duke had at the time, and, and UNC uh, with a couple of really good players too. But you know, you got a lot of freshmen. You know, even the really the elite teams are really made up of a lot of freshmen, which we're obviously not talking about, talking about returning players here. Uh, so you know, to your point, Joe, that we really don't aren't going to know a lot until really we get into the season and see what these guys do. Hey, um, I want to move on to transfers. Um, and we'll kind of do the same thing. We'll bounce around by conference, but I'm going to start off because I think the most important transfer, and this ties into the ACC, which he just left, is uh, Blackshear for going to Florida. Um, I think a, a lot of teams made a lot of big transfers, uh, but that one screams amazing fit and took a team from being a good, good tournament lock to now a potential Final Four contender. Um, any objections there? Full-blown Final Four contender. That team is yeah. loaded. Yeah, yeah, very very loaded. And Blackshear is an excellent fit there. He's 6'10", 250 pounds. The guy uh, was a role player until he had to be the guy and then became the guy. Yeah. Uh, was an excellent DFS play the second half of last year. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think he can blend into just about any situation, um, and I, I think he'll be a great fit on that team. Yeah, him and Key Johnson down low is just absolutely. Well, and then then you got um, you got a ton of ton of you got some youth on the wing to go with Nebhart and Locke who are returning. It's just going to be a de- and it's still going to be a defensive minded defense first squad. It, it just I think that Florida team's really got a lot going for it. Um, what should be a down SEC, so it might play against them from a, a ranking standpoint. I think could be an excellent team come tournament time. And again. Not so much DFS focus, but I think when you're talking transfers, that's the one that really, you know, fits like the glove, right? Sure. Um, Other from the other than that from the SEC, there are a couple here and there. Um, And again, before I dive into some of the names, I want to tell you guys a stat that I heard on on another podcast. They said uh, equivalent to three players on a Division One roster have entered the transfer portal this year. And I heard that stat, and I was just blown away by the number of that. But when you hear coach interviews and things of that nature, some of these teams have seven, eight guys that are in the transfer portal. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, it's changed the dynamic of college basketball without a doubt. Uh, and it's changed recruiting, um, how people are, you know, how they're building their teams. Because you almost, at this point, you have to expect the guys that you spend all those years recruiting 
aren't even going to stay with you. Some of them, right? So right. it's 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 an interesting um, dynamic, and some coaches I think have had more a little more success maybe in that market than others. But yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, game. some embrace it more than others, and and, and it, it shows, right? Hoyberg is going to embrace it again, I'm sure. Uh, Chris Beard embraced it. I, I, right, it's, right. It's a really interesting way to grow a team. Yep. Well, and you, you talk about and this the same pod I was listening to talked about how. You know the ACC, the, the these major conferences that we're talking about, they're known for bringing in their freshmen. But when you get into some of these mid-major levels, like the the Western, uh, the WCC, and the WAC, and and things like that, they're transfer conferences. They're just loaded with transfer kids from from you know people who didn't get their minutes at the place they thought they were going to go to. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, and I um, think you you see the elite players on that same token. You see, you know the um, you know and this is happening and. You know, we'll, we'll discuss some of these. I'm sure you guys have some, too, uh, where, you know, you get the low major, mid-major conferences and the best player on a team or the best player in the conference, you know, goes up to a, a major team. Um, so yeah. you're seeing, seeing that For quite sure. quite a bit now. Yeah. Oh, well, and, and Nate Sestina is perfect transition to uh, he, he's at Kentucky this year, you know, and this right. is a guy who was who was a beast last year. And I think he's going to kind of fill that Reed Travis role of being that elder statesman on a young team to come in and just get buckets. Um, And, you know, not only can we talk about transfers coming into new schools, we can also talk about transfers going out those fifth year seniors, people who are eligible to play right away. And while he was last year and didn't play a ton for Texas A&M, Edmund Gilder is going to the Zags and he's going to be a dynamic player for them. right sure. For sure. And uh, that, that's a guy who can really score the basketball on a team that needs guard play all of a sudden. Yeah, he'll be their starting point guard day one. He's day one. Yep. proven proven commodity, excellent player. Gonzaga's going to be tough. They're, they're going to be new, a lot of new players, but they're going to be good. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, Bird, you mentioned Chris Beard. He's he's doing it again at, well, I guess last year's team had a ton of transfers on it too, right? Yeah, they did. They had a bunch of transfers last year, and, and he's going to do it again this year. So they lost Culver. Uh, they lost Mooney, who – was super underrated. You know, he really led that team, uh, got them in the right spots at the right time. Uh, the athleticism of, of Owens down low, uh, those guys are all gone, right? So, and, and Texas Tech is ranked in the top 15 in every ranking you can go look at right now. So it's a credit to Chris Beard. He's a phenomenal coach. I think they're overrated personally right now, but Chris Beard is a phenomenal coach. I love him. Uh, he is incredible. Uh, Chris Clark, um, from Virginia Tech. So he sat out last year. He was just suspended all year last year. Um, he's going to come back as that physical 6'6 guard. Perfect fit in that. Right. He's going to play great defense. He's going to rebound. He averaged about eight points, six rebounds, three assists at Virginia Tech before he was suspended. Um, they also brought in TJ Holyfield, who James, I know Illinois was in the hunt for him. Yep. Um, he's probably going to start. He averaged 12 points and six rebounds at Stephen F. Austin. Um, they're bringing in a complete stud freshman, uh, Jamius Ram- Ramsey, that we'll talk about on the next pod. But that you lose Culver, you lose Mooney, you lose uh, Owens. That's a lot to replace. It's, so, it is. That's a ton from a Final Four team. From a Final Four team, and, and so credit Chris Beard for for still being ranked so high, and you know the respect that he that he deserves. Yep. But boy, that's a lot of question marks in my opinion. But they they brought in some great transfers. I think there are going to be some good fits there. Um, when you look at the Big 12, there's a couple other ones. Uh, Prentice Nixon came from Colorado State to Iowa State. He averaged 16 points a game, 1.5 steals a game at Colorado State. And Iowa State lost a ton of people, right? They lost, they lost a lot of people, yeah. They lost THT, uh, Nick Wiggy. Weaver-Tab, Wiggington. 
those guys are all gone. So they needed somebody to come in and, and be able to score alongside Halliburton and, and Michael Jacobson. And then don't forget, don't forget about KU. They got the kid from Iowa, right? Yeah. So Isaiah Moss from Iowa is going to yeah. be at Kansas. He's kind of that three and D type of player. Uh, Oklahoma got a pretty good transfer from Wichita State. Reeves kid can really shoot. A uh, pretty good player. He's gonna, he's probably going to start um, at maybe shooting guard. But it, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good names there. I think a good segue here is uh, you know Fred Hoiberg took over the Nebraska job. Uh, yeah. Ten miles uh, got yeah. fired. Um, now Hoiberg is kind of interesting because he was really one of the first guys that I remember that really went after transfers actively. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and so does he have some coming into Nebraska right away? Does he pretty much flipped the whole team? Um, <laughs> and there's a couple. Um, seriously, they've got like five or six transfers coming in, but uh, and I think most of those guys will play right away. Um, but a couple, I'll just throw a couple names out there because I think he'll they'll probably come up at some point. But uh, Deshaun Burke. Um, He's similar to, if you remember Palmer last year, uh, similar yeah. kind of guy, 6'4". Um, guard can kind of do a little bit of everything, but he's, um, I think, sort of positioned to be the guy on that team early on. But he averaged 17-5-2 uh, uh, and two for, for Robert Morris, so he's um, put up some numbers um, his, his previous day. Uh, and then, not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right, but Matej Kavas. Uh, yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Perfect. And, uh, so he's uh, he had a shin injury last year, but he's a six eight forward, so another stretch four guy. He shot forty six percent from three last year. That's good. Uh, you know, about fifteen uh, points a game. So he's uh, you know that's the kind of guy. You know, if you notice, like on the Iowa State teams in the past, that's the kind of guy sure. that he likes to have. So uh, you know, they'll they'll be interesting. I don't think they'll have a particularly good year, but you might have a couple guys that. Uh, stick out um, before I, we kind of leave the Big Ten. There's a couple other guys I do want to mention. Uh, Jihad Proctor uh, for Purdue. We talked a little bit earlier about you know who's yeah, going to fill yeah. that Carson Edwards role. Um, I think it could be him. Uh, he averaged uh, 19 points a game at high point. He's a burst scorer. Uh, scored over 20 points a game on 17 occasions. Um, he wow. was he was had a hand injury, a shooting hand. <laughs> was injured last year. Uh, so he, he only shot 31% on the year, but he the year before he was almost a 40% three-point shooter. So um, expect that to get better. You know, how's he fit with the veteran team? We don't know, um, but he, he's certainly a guy that can score. Uh, beyond that, another name I want to mention because a lot of people talk about Yaboa, who's a transfer that's coming in for Rutgers, um, and they lost. Oh, I guess the, the guy, one of the guys they lost was Amarui. Yeah, he gone. Yeah. Uh, who's at Oregon? He's going to be sitting out this year, but. Uh, they brought in Yaboa. He's a uh, similar guys, big guys around six, eight, uh, average 16 and seven. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people really like him this year. I actually like another guy on that team as a transfer sat out last year. His name's Jacob Young. He's the younger brother of Oregon's Joe Young. He was a PAC 12 oh, uh, yeah. player of the year. If you remember him a few years ago. Mighty and, uh, yeah. And, uh, Jacob's a similar guy. He originally committed to Texas. He was a four star, um, top 100 player. Uh, didn't work out there, uh, came to Rutgers and from all accounts, he's been one of the best guards. They went to Europe recently. Mm. Um, Harper is obviously the guy on that team in the backcourt. Um, but the second leading scorer was young and, you know, he's athletic. He can go get his own buckets. So I, I think that'll be a guy that surprises some people, um, this year. So, 
And then, uh, although he's not eligible this year, and this, but this will be a nice transition into my Big East. Um, didn't uh, the younger Hauser went to Michigan State, right? Where the older one went to Virginia I, from Marquette? Yeah, I, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, they both have to sit out this year. They but both have to sit out. Yeah, yep. right. But uh, I tell you what, that was a huge loss for Marquette. But they they did. Uh, they are replacing with some transfers of their own. They got the the big center from Utah, Jace Jace. Uh, Jace Bird, what was Jace Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, so he's going to come. Athletic kid. Yeah, he's an athletic kid, and he'll play next to Theo John. So they're going to actually play a little defense, I think, in Marquette. And then they got the uh, Kobe McEwen kid coming in to play um, to take one of the guard spots and play next to Howard. And that'll be interesting to see how those two share the basketball. But from all accounts, McEwen from Utah State, you know, obviously he left when Sam Merrill kind of became the guy, but he's a guy who could fill it up before before he sat out last year, and he's ready to roll this year. So from the Big East, those are. Uh, a couple of the big ones for Marquette. We talked a little bit about Yurt Seven for Georgetown. This guy, you got to keep in mind, was starting as a freshman for NC State two years ago and having double doubles against ranked ACC teams. This isn't a, a pushover. This is a big guy who can finish with both hands around the rim. He can stretch it a little, stretch, stretch the, stretch the perimeter a little bit, and he's a willing defender inside. He, from the clips that I've seen and from what I've read about his game they're not going to lose much going from Jesse Govan to him. Mm. The only thing I don't know about is if Omer Yurtseven's got the same mentality as Govan does, because Govan was very pro shooting and had a high usage rate. Yurtseven might be more of let the game come to him type, but I think he's going to be a dynamite um, fill-in for Georgetown, um, and that's someone that on the transfer stage that's going to have a big impact. Well, year seven was at NC State, and he was a big like that was a big international get at the time. He was, yeah. People have just kind of forgot about him, right? He he is a complete stud. Yeah, and and by all accounts, Patrick Ewing loves him. He does, yes. Um, so it sounds like he's going to get the oppor- every opportunity to be um, there, be in their starting lineup right next to LeBlanc, and uh, it's he's going to get every opportunity to score and keep that long line of Georgetown big tradition going. So, um, but there is one more, I, one more guy I want to mention. I can't talk about transfer in the Big East without bringing his name up. But Luane Pipkins um, was a point guard at UMass, and this is a guy who uh, has is just a straight up alpha scorer. And uh, he he kind of had a down year and was hurt a little bit last year. There was also some locker room turmoil on that UMass team. But if you look at his sophomore year numbers um, compared to last year's numbers, which his down year last year was sixteen five and five. This is a point guard who can shoot it, who can shoot with the shot clock winding down, who can straight up run a team. And he went to Providence where he's surrounded by Nate Watson, Alpha Diallo, Duke, a lot of talent. One thing that Providence team was missing was a point guard for Cooley to run his system through. And now he has one. And I think if that team can mash and gel, that Providence team is getting that missing ingredient that they were missing last year. So uh, Luane Pipkins is someone who I think can really take off this year. Yeah, great pickup there. And, and David Duke supposedly has had a great summer as well. The Providence mm-hmm. could be pretty good. They they could be. And, and I think they would have struggled if Duke would have had to play that point. I just think he's better off the ball. And, and yeah, I think the Pipkins pickup is something that's really going to help them. Yeah. Um, how about the Pac-12, Bert? Uh, Pac-12, so we've got a couple. So uh, Oregon went from a team that had a million different holes to they bring in Anthony Mathis, who averaged 14 points a game at New Mexico. Made a school record 106 three-pointers. High school teammate of Peyton Pritchard. So they're going to have chemistry right away. 
Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, Shakur Justin from UNLV averaged almost a double-double. He's going to probably start at the four for them. Uh, they brought in a really good Juco player who can shoot the three. Um, and then, you know, we've seen in the news lately, they just added that five-star, Bufali Dante at center. Yeah, they added all four-star recruits. Oregon went from, like, this team could be in trouble to the favorite in the Pac-12. The, the cupboard so, is full there. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing what that Nike money can do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we hit on Quade Green from Kentucky already, but um, also, so Arizona we haven't talked about yet. Um, Brandon Williams, we saw, you know, he's going to be out for the year this year, which is kind of a big loss. Yeah, that I, that, I hated seeing that news because I liked playing him last year. Yeah, he was a really solid get. But so they, they brought in Max Hazard. So you guys remember him. UC Irvine beat yeah. uh, Kansas State in the tournament last year. Great he name. Was, yeah, fantastic name. So Max Hazard. And then the other big name they got was a first-team All-Ivy uh, League, Stone Gettings. So Max Another Hazard great name. and Stone Gettings. So brought in some good players there for Arizona. Uh, it helps make up for the loss of Williams. Uh, we'll hit a lot on the freshmen that Arizona brought in at the next pod. Uh, but those are kind of the key transfers from a from a Pac-12 perspective. Yeah. Hey, Bert, real quick, Quaddy Green. He's a he's a, a January guy, right? He is. He'll be in January, and and Washington really needs. I'm not sure if he's a true point guard. I think he's more of a combo guard. But Crisp is gone. They really need. If he can pan out, that Washington team has a really really nice upside. They have a lot of length. That two three zone should give people a lot of fits this year. And then I guess uh, where we got we got the ACC left, right? Yeah, so we've got, uh, again, kind of an interesting um, on the transfer market there. You've got, uh, I guess we'll start with UNC. They brought in a couple couple transfers that are expected to start right away. Justin Pierce, 6'7 uh, wing. He's coming in from William & Mary, averaged 15-9 and nine there. Uh, the other guy is Christian Keeling, 6'4, uh, played at uh, Charleston Southern. He averaged 19-7. and seven. Uh, So there's a lot of high hopes for those guys. They're among sort of the top-ranked. Guys, if you go look at the transfer portal um, sites, uh, um, they really like those guys. Um, kind of an interesting name, I, you know, kind of sticking with you know more of a DFS emphasis, uh, Derek Thornton. Uh, you guys might recognize that name. He was yeah, a former five-star. Yeah, originally committed to Duke. Then went to USC. Um, he didn't really blow it, blow it up there, but he's going to be starting this year for Boston College, and he's basically taking o- over the Kai Bowman role on that team. Oh, um, really? Uh, That's a big role. Yep, and they still got Popovich there. Um, still got some of those other guys there. Tabs. So yeah, yeah, Tubbs or ta- yeah, Tubbs, Tabs, Tabs. Yeah, you know they they've got. Uh, it'd be an interesting role for him and somebody to keep an eye on, I think. Um, and then I another guy I'm going to mention here too because he's been getting um, you know quite a bit of attention in the offseason. And uh, again, it's on the Virginia team that's like the all pronunciation team, but it's uh, Wolda Tensai. Uh, Thomas Woldetensai is his name. He's 6'5". He's Juco All-American. Um, he's coming in on a team that obviously has some holes. They've got uh, Diakite still there, obviously. Um, and uh, the little point guard, what was his name? Clark? Yeah. Yeah, Clark. Clark. And uh, so, but anyway, uh, there's a lot of high expectations for him. So it'll be, see, be interesting to see how he fits in that system. And, um one guy I'm going to call out, uh, a lot of people talk about Kimball in Louisville. Uh, I'm not going to, but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it would be interesting and, and kind of going back to the SEC as somebody that left uh, there. But uh, Tevin Mack, who went to Clemson, uh, and I think he w- originally went to Texas, right? I think he was a, yes. a top 100 recruit. Uh, so he's touched all the conferences that we cover. Um, 
but uh, you know, he's going to a Clemson team that, that needs a scoring punch. Um, and uh, you know, is he, do you think he'll be, could he be that guy? Yeah. I mean, he could, he's, you know, six, six kid, you know, he averaged nine points a game. He, he tried to go to the draft. I mean, he's got talent. Right. He's, he's a good player. Uh, but yeah, it, it'll be an interesting fit. I mean, Clemson, he should have plenty of opportunity there. Should have That's opportunity. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, one more I'll note is uh, <laughs> Pat Andre. Uh, NC State, 6'8", stretch four. Uh, he's coming in from Lehigh. He averaged 13 and six there. Shoots 42% from three. So he, he should be a nice fit. Uh, is there any the chance Cup. he can wear number 3,000? Oh, three stacks. <laughs> <laughs> all right as you can see guys i'm clearly getting delirious i tell you what um let's push the coach section back i know we're running about 30 35 right now um why don't we put a bow on this one and perhaps we can come back with our freshmen and our coaches with our next pod assuming this one gets out there to the masses and everybody likes it and tells us to come back does that sound all right yeah let's do a quick game of hero or zero this game's gonna be pretty easy right so i'm gonna make a statement and you're gonna tell me Am I going to be a hero or a zero for thinking this? And so, for James, making, gonna... for making this statement, are you a hero or a yes. zero? I like yep. it. Yeah, am I a hero or a zero? So, James, hero or zero? The Fighting Illini will be an eight seed or better this coming March for the NCAA tournament. Hero. Yes. We need a That's... buzzer sound. <laughs> we need a buzzer that, sound. That... that couldn't be more obvious of a statement. Eight seed or better? Oh, yeah. I'm so proud of you that you didn't talk about Illinois the whole podcast, so I had to do this. (laughs) Let's get it out. Let's get it out in the open. This team is going to be great. They're going to win a playing game, maybe. Yeah, I think they'll surprise people. They're going to have some stumbling blocks for sure. Um, But they're a fairly balanced team. If, um, you know, Kofi can come along this year um, and, and get up to speed quickly, He's a huge body. He's seven feet, 300 pounds and can move. He's not a stiff. Um, so I, they, they lacked that last year. Um, well, Georgie you know, can play the four now. You know, Georgie can move Has over. Has he worked on his jumper, though? Uh, I don't to. know. I don't know on that one. But uh, we'll see. Io's the a complete stud. Uh, he's a complete stud. I don't think he'll be around after this year. Um, it's clearly his team. And so they, they've got the right pieces, I think. Um, so they, we'll, we'll see if they put it together, but I, I think they will. Griffin played really well overseas this summer. I mean, if he could step up yeah. at that three at the small forward position, that, that would be a massive, massive piece of the puzzle for them. Yeah, he and Jones, I think it's really finding the right guy at the right time um, right now. You know, maybe one of those guys emerges, but uh, certainly, yeah, I, I, they, they've, got the, they've got the talent. I like it. I love the hero call there. Right, I'm, so, I'm, I'm on the zero side of that one. Yeah, you're a hater. <laughs> so, Joe, you're going to be up here. Speaking of hate, uh, hero, <laughs> hero or zero, uh, Louisville will be a lock top eight team in the nation and one or two seed <laughs> in the tournament this, oh, this March. Goodness. You would be a zero if you made that statement. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I apologize. I know that they are the trendy pick to win the ACC because the ACC is so questionable at this time. But I think that team is extremely overrated right now. This is a team that, what was it, uh, early January destroyed North Carolina when they shot 13% from three and everyone wanted to crown them a contender. 
Um, all they did is lose eight of their last 11 with two of their three wins coming against Notre Dame down the stretch. Yeah. Um, this is a team that lacks the ticker, as they say, oh um, and might be a little soft. I don't know. I'd like to see a little bit more out of them. I, I didn't see much down the stretch. Um, I think they're a team that peaked and had some nice wins early in the year, but Jen, Jen then, then just did nothing um, after that. So I, I don't see how they got to significantly better um obviously getting nora back um from the draft helps i, yeah, I they, think they brought, he's in a, Kimball. they brought in the point guard from st joe's which they needed a ton of stability at point guard like i, I they, think that's probably part of it but he's he's been hurt his whole career too so yeah. i'm not sure you can count on him no i, I i'm not counting on i i just i, I they, every they time i watched the louisville good. game every time i watched louisville game last year i saw a different team you know, someone different was stepping up or someone different was doing something and that's good and bad, but I just didn't see anything that gives me any, any, I, there's nothing from that team that I saw that says they can win six games in a row. It'd be nice you to know. see Wara become a little bit of a dog, right? And, and, and take right. things over. Because he, 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 he disappeared. He disappeared. Yeah. But when he was right, he, he was, he was really right, especially from a DFS perspective. Yeah. No so, doubt so I'm, I'm a zero on there. I think one of these ACC teams are going to jump up and become like North Carolina. I know we got the freshman feature coming next and Duke's always going to be in the picture, but I, I, I'm not ready to crown Louisville yet. And, and to be a top eight seed or, you know, one of the top eight seeds in the tournament, you're going to have to be in the top three of the ACC. And I just don't, I don't see it. I like it. Bold call there, Joe. So we'll finish this with one. This is for both of you guys. One last hero or zero. The new CBBDFS.com website that is currently in development will be the premier website for college basketball DFS in 2019 and 2020. That's a, that's a hero statement right there. That is that's, that is a hero statement. That's a huge hero statement. And that probably didn't even have to get said, to be perfectly honest. I think that's just a known – it's just going to be a known commodity next year. That's just a fact. Yeah. Just facts. You're going to etch that in stone. Yes. Yeah, um, so no. Moving our content from Twitter uh, to, to being able to go out to our website. We're going to have very you know easily easily consumable information out there. Working really hard this offseason uh, to give you guys the data you need to dominate DFS. That's right. That's what we do. And like we've always said, we're not we're not here to set your lineups for you. We're just here to share information and let you give you guys the resources to make those decisions. So we're going to like last year, go into each game. We're going to say, I like this guy. I don't like this guy. Um, these are the reasons why we like these guys and, you know, make your own lineup from there. We're just here to here to share, share what we're seeing. Yeah. We're going to position our bucket heads for success and, and we're going to win all the money. I mean, it's, it's science all money. Yeah, it, it is. It's a scientific fact. Um, 60% of the time we win every time, <laughs> right? And <laughs> how it goes. I think so. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks with our freshman feature. And we're going to talk about coaching changes and next. I know the sec had a ton of them that I wanted to get to. I'm going to talk about Nate Oates and I'm going to talk about how great Alabama is going to be. Um, but we'll do that in that podcast. Um, you know what? We are about a month away. September 24th practice begins for college basketball. So we're, we're creeping up on the time. Um, outside of that, uh, if you guys give this a listen, we'd appreciate any feedback. You can get us on Twitter at CBB underscore DFS. Um, or you can comment on any of the articles on the website um, at cbb-dfs.com. Um, if you are listening to the pod, be sure to rate us and follow us. So when we come back with our next pod, you'll be ready to go and engaged. Um, anything I'm missing before we close this thing out, guys? 
No, this was a blast. I think we got them covered. Yeah. All right. Then, then I guess just to thank you for everybody to giving this a listen, and we'll hope to be back soon. All right.